Hey, Mercedes, what's going on over there? Look hey, at you. I with, just you got your brand, Whistler. You got your brand new gear. Look at that. What do you got there? I got a microphone. I got the Zoom. I got a computer. I got a keyboard and a mouse. Like things are happening over here. Things are happening. Uh, we have taken uh, a break or two, a, a week or two off. Uh, to kind of let the world catch up to itself and figure out what they're doing, trying to get creative. But uh, we had this idea and uh, you were able to pull something off. So what are we going to do this week? All right. I have a couple of friends coming on the podcast, three um, Canadian winter Olympians, good friends of mine, uh, two snowboarders and one skier competed, um, probably combined more than 10 Olympics between all of us. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's they traveled. They've traveled a lot. Yeah, well, and they, and they rightfully should be a part of the travel cast, which a lot of people aren't talking about travel right now. I know they would like to be traveling right now, but unfortunately, uh, there are restrictions. So we're trying to make do as best we can, like getting creative. How is your world up there in Whistler? I mean, I know it's shut down. The last time we had chatted, it was kind of like total lockdown. Is it still total lockdown up there, or what's? Uh, is there a little bit more uh, free? No, um, it's still like, I mean, you can go out for walks, you, the, all the provincial parks are now closed, obviously, everyone in British Columbia is aware of that. So um, really, the mayor is just asking people not to come up, even if it's their second home. So like, oh. I'm not even really meant to go to Squamish or Pemberton, I just need to stay in Whistler. Gotcha. Um, the Valley Trail, which is one of our, um, like walking and biking trails around town. It links throughout town is, is quite busy. So some new rules about um, how to walk properly along there is coming out because some people aren't really respecting the distance. And I kind of find that really annoying. Um, but I've just been walking more so um, like on the streets so that you can keep the distance. I think I'm up to a hundred plus kilometers since I've walked uh, since out of isolation. Oh yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So since I've broken free from jail, I've, uh, I've, I've uh, definitely uh, added that. So pretty cool uh, getting out, still social distancing, but uh, being able to at least cook and, and hang with the kids around the house and take them to uh, a forest and let them run or and like uh, hug your kids. I yeah, live alone. Actually, I don't have anyone to hug. Like that's going to be big for me when I like, I'm actually able to touch someone again. <laughs> I was watching a thing yesterday and they were saying that handshaking and hugging is officially done in the world. Forever? Forever. Like no one's going to want to shake anyone's hand and no one's going to do the little, oh, I miss you hug and all that stuff. It's gone. Unless no, you really, because you know, that. well, you know how like you got people like you, yourself and I have known each other for years. You might be like a little, oh, hi, how you doing or, or whatever. But there's that, that, that random. That new, like that a new ran, person. The new random bar hug. You know what I mean? Well, like I'm just, not. I would. I just became a hugger, so <laughs> I'm not going to see it all the time. Hug a random person. You see it all the time at the bar. It's like, oh, this is Steve. Uh, he's the. He works with the, uh, my husband, and it's like, oh, hey, and then there's a big hug, and it's. Like, oh, I see, think, that's too much for me. Okay, there you go. Maybe mm -hmm. high five. Well, the world is changing, and uh, we're still trying to put some content out. And I'm, I'm, how's the podcast building coming? How are you doing with it? You getting ready? To, you getting closer to launching your world, or, or yes. are we just? Uh, you got the gear now. What's happening with? I you? have the gear. I'm learning, and I'm working on a little website, trying to get all the things together. And I feel like I could do a social distance podcast. I have the microphones, and I have the cords that seem to go on forever. That's amazing. <laughs> you could definitely do a a. Uh, of like a 15 foot uh, uh, I know. social distance one. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
There's that. And the, the, uh, the, a lot of people are doing the Zoom thing now. And it's funny that we're in our Zoom H6 into this Zoom program. So we're kind of, they're saving everyone's bacon right now. Um, amazing. Zoom, so making well, a profit. Well, I guess they are. I mean, I guess they are. The, 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 they, they cost me money to buy the, to buy the recorder, but the, uh, the, the internet seems to be free. Platform, there you yeah. go. Um, awesome, friend. Well, so we're going to get going here on this episode of the Travelcast with all your Olympic friends. And uh, I really appreciate you pulling everybody together on this. And uh, we'll have a little chin wag and show everybody uh, uh, what the Olympians are up to since the cancellation, since the COVID. Postponement. Postponements, yeah, all that stuff that's happening right now. Where can everybody find you online, my friend? Uh, at Mercedes Nickel, N-I-C-O-L-L. Not the nickel, but mm-hmm. nickel. That's right. Awesome, Mercedes. Thanks, friend. And uh, let's get going on this chat. Brenton on tour travel cast with my very special co-host, Mercedes Nickel, and a bunch of Olympians. Here we go. <laughs> Listening to the Brandon on Tour Travel Cast with special co host and four time Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Brought to you by people who travel, people who love to travel, and all things travel. After two podcasts, you're probably getting a better idea who he is, but his co host Mercedes is way cooler than him any day. That might not be what you want to hear. So keep packing your oversized carry-on, stop clapping and standing when the plane lands. Stupid idiots! And direct your attention to your travel cast cruise directors. Now here they now here they prepare the blast off. Ready to blast off. Knife switch, main switch on, main switch on. Here's Mercedes MVD. Welcome everybody to a very special edition of the Brenton on Tour Travel Cast. Back with my very excellent co-host Mercedes Nickel. How are you? I am good, thank you. I mean, I'm in my house, so it is what it is. Everyone's in their house, Mercedes. You've got brand new equipment. Look I at you. do. Look and at this microphone. You've got a microphone. You got <laughs> brand new equipment, and you brought some friends along for the ride. Uh, this is going to be an audio and a video version of what we're up to. But uh, tell us who you brought along for this uh, this episode of the Travel Cast here today. All right. So I have my Olympic friends, uh, Derek Livingston, who I've traveled the world with. Um, he's. 2019 had two world cup podiums so he's still on the circuit which is awesome we went to two winter olympics together um we've got Britt janik who's an olympic skier she competed in the 2010 for team canada um no shortage of world cups for her she's competed she had competed at 186 world cups so she's been all over the world. Um, a lot of titles to her, Canadian national champion six times in Super G. I'm not going to name all because she's got a lot. Um, and then we have Mayel Ricker, who's an Olympic snowboarder as well. You guys might know her as the, the golden girl from the 2010 yep. Olympics. She was the first woman to win Olympic gold on Canadian home soil, which is amazing. And I've been lucky enough to travel with her as well all over the world. Um, and she has about 128 World Cup starts. So a lot of miles on all of these um, athletes. <laughs> Travel. Amazing. I appreciate all you guys making the time. I know we're all very busy right now in quarantine. Who's got, 
<laughs> so I know we're, uh, we're jammed up doing different things. I, uh, we're all trying to find ways to keep busy and doing stuff, but there has been no shortage of topics to discuss as we kind of roll through. We've all traveled. I travel a lot. Mercedes is co-hosting with me because she travels just as much as I do. And uh, we kind of were, were chatting about this idea about getting you guys on because I was curious just in my own brain as to what's happening with you guys right now. I mean, the Olympics have been canceled. Uh, and moved and obviously uh, it's changed that whole world and the world of travel is going to change for us all so I just wanted to kind of get you guys on to kind of talk about it and sort of see what what we're up to and what you're up to and what you're keeping busy so um, why don't we go around the table here for a minute and the table on the computer and uh, and kind of have a little bit of a chat so um, first thoughts Mercedes you want to go ahead or do you want me to lead here um well you can start do you want to talk about the Olympics? Being yeah, let's talk about the Olympics for a minute. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so the 2020 Tokyo Games have been not canceled, postponed uh, until next summer. So it'll, that, that really hasn't happened before. I mean, someone tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, so that's just challenging for the summer athletes. Uh, we've got two retired athletes and one hopeful for the 2022 Beijing games, which is Derek. So, um, I know that I've been sharing information about kind of how this would affect the winter Olympics. Uh, it doesn't really, it just affects the Canadian Olympic committee in the sense that, um, they're going to have a lot of work on their hands. Um, I'm going to throw it to probably Derek first to see what he has to say about it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's definitely the right call, obviously, because we don't know how long this is going to last. We could be quarantined for six months. Who knows? But uh, like just from my perspective, I can f- see that it's going to affect a lot of the summer athletes in the sense that like they don't they still don't know what their qualification process is going to be. They still have some qualification events that are going to have to happen. But the upside of this, and this is from my perspective, is like it gives people a little bit more time to recover from injuries, to work on their training, uh, to prepare a little bit more. It gives them that a little bit of extra time. I know it's like a big shock to them and their whole um, mental process of thinking and being ready for the Olympics. But, you know, they've got another year to refocus and get ready for it. Um, For me specifically, like I'm – I've been snowboarding on an ankle that isn't, hasn't been at 100% since October. And I've been trying to balance, like, do I do more recovery and take more time off? Or do I snowboard more and try and get my skills back up to 100% so I can stay competitive? And so now this quarantine is actually helping me recover a little bit more. So I'm thankful for it, even though it's a really shitty situation. But, uh, and I think a lot of athletes are, can be in the same boat where they have that extra time to prepare. Awesome. Um, Mayel, you're a coach of the snowboard cross team for um, Team Canada. And what, like, if if you went to an Olympics and they were postponed for a year, how would you deal with that yourself and also now for the athletes? Well, first of all, I just want to say I think it's really great that they didn't cancel the games altogether. I think that's a very big step, first of all. So, um, to allow the games to be postponed a year and to find the logistics and figure all that out is a huge testament to the sporting world. So that's, first of all, my hat goes off to them because that's going to be an amazingly huge feat. But um, as far as, as far as preparing, like what would I do differently? I mean, the thing is, is you, 
you work in that four-year cycle and you've been in that four-year cycle since whenever you started in the sort of prep for Olympics, if you're in your first Olympics or your fifth Olympics, there's that sort of four-year cycle that you're attached to. So I think the people that are really able to adapt the quickest and see how they can manage this extra year tacked on to the four-year buildup are the ones that are going to succeed. And those are the ones that inevitably prepare for everything or prepare for as much as they can, but know that they can, they can perform in um, under desirable circumstances. So I think it's going to really show who um, the best of the best It's going to show like diversity and adaptability, which is really neat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be a wild games to watch. Probably my first summer games that I will have ever watched because I'm now retired and not snowboarding. Um, Britt, let's throw it to you. What are your thoughts on uh, the Olympics being postponed? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, imagine all the summer athletes are going through all sorts of emotions and feelings. Uh, they can't, you know, their training's been halted. And then the weeks lead up to the, the final, the, the decision, you know, I can't even imagine what they went through. But at least now they have an answer and they know that they're postponed a year. So, so it's like a new preparation period has begun. And uh, I love that Mayel brought up adapt, adaptability because that's kind of my th- like the one thing that we as athletes are good at is adapting because schedules change and especially I think the four of us sitting here being outdoor athlete you know being in outdoor sports weather is a fact like you have to be able to roll with it and um, schedules change events change so I think certainly the ones that can uh, um, adapt the best and make that transition and just add on that that extra, you know, now they've got more, you know, change your perspective and use it as a positive. They've got more time to prepare now for their, for their games. Which I'm, I think curious, is- I'm curious uh, from an outside perspective as to the funding and part of it. So you guys are obviously having to deal with uh, probably having real jobs as well when you were going through the process. So with the, with that being stalled a year, it kind of throws everyone's budget out of whack, including Team Canada, uh, which I thought I'd dress up for today, um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, including Team Canada. But I'm curious how what kind of what what goes through an athlete's mind when now maybe they might be, might lose a year of funding or how does it work in that process? Because I, I'm curious. So a lot of athletes get government funding if they um, have qualified for it, and that um, I was just on the call with the Canadian Olympic Committee and a bunch of the athletes, and that doesn't change if you've qualified for it. And it's the same with the qualifying process. If you've qualified for the games, your personal spot, you're still going to the games. There are still people that haven't qualified, but if you're going with funding, um, that that AAP funding, that government funding, will stay the same um, throughout the duration of when it starts and stops, and if you've qualified for it. Government's putting out a lot of money right now. The government is putting a lot of money out right now. There's a and lot I of hope, money going I hope some of the athletes can benefit from it too. It's, it's interesting. A lot of them are sponsored. Um, and don't have another income. So mm-hmm. whether that's a question that I have to ask is like, sure, if you're sponsored and you have that income coming in, is that going to keep coming in or is that company just going to stop because of this? Um, I don't know. It's an interesting one. I, it's, it's a weird time in the world right now. Training wise, what are you guys doing right now? Uh, what, what, what are you doing right now? 
like what's happening with you guys right now? The COVID's down, everyone's chilling, quarantining. Uh, Mercedes, you're probably ready to start an art store. Oh my gosh. No, I, I am more fit than I probably have been since I've been <laughs> retired. I'm like, all right, we're going to do a virtual workouts three days a week. And then other than that, I'm going to work out on my own. Um, so I'm accountable to someone. I don't know what, uh, Mael, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm uh, running around after a two-year-old. So that's like a pretty good workout. <laughs> um, but I've got my spin bike out on the deck. So I got the sandbox next to the spin bike. So that's a, it's a nice little setup. Good view. And then um, our, we have uh, programs that are out to the athletes. And then I can always jump in on those once a week. We do a little uh, online program together. And then um, that keeps me motivated as well. So I gotta- are, are they doing like mostly body weight stuff? Because maybe most of them don't have weights. You know what? There's It's very impressive how they all seem to have like figured out different systems where they are across the country and how to make the most out of it a lot of them actually do have weights I think I think their their local gyms have lent them stuff or they have stuff from their parents who knows crawl space from the 70s so there's like (laughs) yes yeah but everybody's made like little makeshift gyms and I am so impressed and then of course there's like all those challenges that are circulating through social media which is like so incredibly impressive. There's a couple of snowboarders that are putting out some really neat little videos that I've, I, uh, I like following along and watching them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Derek, what are you, what are you doing right now? How's your ankle foot doing? Um, it, it's getting a lot better. Um, like when we stopped, like about a month ago when we stopped snowboarding pretty much, like I couldn't really do calf raises on my injured foot so now i can actually do a bunch of them and do multiple sets so i'm just building back the strength and the the stability through the ankle which is good but uh yeah like i don't have a lot of space in my house or even around my house so like i've got um a skipping rope and like a 40 pound weight from the gym that we work at our trainer was able to drop that off for me and other than that i just use random things around the house like fill shopping bags are you not squatting your dog no i actually will get my girlfriend ashley to get on my shoulders and I'll do squats or some step ups with her on my shoulders. It's actually pretty fun. She's helpful. Nice. Brett. But you, yeah, like Brett's I, got, just, my, 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 works out. my, you can squat the two year old. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be like a feather for my L. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I just hold her up on my finger. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Brett, I yeah. saw you do the the push up challenge. What else are you doing? Oh yeah, I did the push up challenge. Um, yeah, I'm doing a lot of uh, just playing around a little bit. You know, I get my mat out, and I'm the same. I've got two kids at home, eight and five, and so they keep me busy enough. But it's nice that they're kind of at an age where they can go out and play outside. I kick them outside and then do some body weight stuff outside. And I think I'm just trying to um, to mix it in. I certainly notice that as soon as I get a little bit active and move my body, my mood changes and I start yes. to, you know, like I feel better and that totally. helps a lot. And I think just, you know, my situation, I had two kids that were at school and now they're home and I'm not a homeschooling parent. <laughs> <laughs> this is one. so new for me. Uh, sadly, <laughs> my, sadly yeah. my children are saddled with half of my brain. So, <laughs> so they're, uh, they're struggling uh, with, yeah. the, with the, with the grade six and grade four math. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, Mercedes, last episode, uh, we, we chatted a bit about the impact of the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. I moved to Vancouver in 2005 and sort of caught the wave of getting the, the Olympics being you know confirmed and then all the madness and infrastructure that went into the city. 
Can you guys explain your, like, you know, your feelings on just that time frame? Because it was a really crazy time in Vancouver, but just from a personal standpoint, what that was, what it made you feel as an Olympian being part of that in your home country and just the madness that was going with it. Cause it was such a incredible coast to coast thing and everyone was involved. And I, I am curious from a, from an athlete perspective, what you guys felt. So just time. to um, make it understandable, Britt um, was in Whistler for the games. And then Mayel and I were in Vancouver for the games. Um, I don't know. Mayel, do you want to talk about it first? <laughs> well, I can I I'll talk I can talk about the lead up. Like the lead up to the games after it got announced in 2003. Um there was a lot of work done on the highway. Like I was living in Squamish at the time and I was training in North Vancouver. So I actually really was right in the heart of the highway upgrade and that to me was sort of the real life sort of time lapse of the preparations for the games. If I like think back to that actual period of time and it was, it was real. it was madness. Like there, there was, <laughs> they, they were so cute. The, the you're you're speechless, Maya. You're speechless. <laughs> yeah, it was because, that impactful. Well, it was because I was carpooling with like three or four of my yeah. teammates in Squamish and every morning we like, made her coffee, had her little snacks and we'd make our way down to North Van. And every, you know, like every morning we ran into the same um, construction workers, the guys that were like running the, and, and women, men and women are running this, the stop slow signs. And they were awesome. Like I, it's kind of like the help of everybody that's working now, you know, like they're so impressive. And I, I, maybe that's like a really bad thing to relate to, but they were so positive. And there was like, sheet rain like the nastiest of nasty conditions sometimes and they were like always out there super pumped so we always brought them you know the double double or the timbits or whatever to keep them stoked <laughs> so we made we made i actually made some good uh friendships along the highway my hell the nicest person ever <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that well and brit britain murray you can you can maybe add to this but I believe one of those workers ended up with citizen of the year in Whistler, didn't he? Didn't he, didn't he have the parking spot under the conference center? It was a guy with the long sort of curly. Yeah. I know exactly. Hair. I know yeah. exactly who you're talking about, but I don't think I lived in Whistler at that time. I don't know. I just, if that's uh, citizen of the year, but he was the best though. He's the he happiest was. guy. Yeah. And like, I just him. picture, I just picture like the small town story of that. Where it's like everyone's gathered around the TV. You win the gold medal. And the guy's like, hey, you know, the girl on the TV there, she's bringing me to some double doubles, you know, and the Timbits right there. It's pretty, she's real nice. I just picture it. And then that's like every single week. At every, so did you guys see last week there, the girl, that she won the thing and she's flipping around? Yeah, yeah. She brings me to the double double there. Yeah. So it's a funny, it's a funny uh, thing how it brought this world, this, this country together. It did. It really did. Over Timbits. <laughs> should we should we move on to uh travel stories yeah that's a okay so we talked we talked a bit about uh, uh travel assholes and you know mercedes spent some of that you know we've all experienced a travel asshole or two in our time um and <laughs> dare i say some of the travel assholes might have caused this covid I don't know, who knows there's something <laughs> going on but 
travel assholes and travel stories as you're traveling to the Olympics or into training. Mercedes had some really funny things about people that make her wait for her luggage and it drives her crazy. Uh, I think curious. it drives everyone crazy. I'm, I, I'm just going to say that. I'm curious as to travel story nightmares that you guys have gone through, lost gear or anything like that, uh, or a travel asshole you've experienced that you just wish they would just stop doing what they're doing. So let's go around the table and get your travel asshole story. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll, I'll start. I, like, um, I, I can't think of any any travel assholes, but uh, like one of the worst situations I've ever been in was, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I didn't have my funding. So I was kind of doing my season on a budget. And so I was like picking like the cheapest flights I could find. So I didn't, it, I didn't care if I had like a four or five hour layover instead of like a direct connection because I was saving like 500 bucks or 400 bucks here or there. Right. So, um, I picked some, I was going down to mammoth mountain in California. I had to fly through San Francisco and I had to get on like the 5 AM flight out of Vancouver, uh, get to San Francisco, wait, like, I don't know how long my layover was, but I'm just like so tired from the travel, like living in Whistler, getting up at two in the morning to get down to with down to the airport, you know? Um, yeah, so I'm like exhausted. I get on my flight to go from San Francisco to Reno. Um, and I put my passport in the seat back pocket, like like I do on every flight. But then when we get to Reno, get up, grab my things, get off the plane, get my bags, wait for my team to come in three hours later. Oh my God. And then I'm like, oh, I don't have my passport. Where the hell is my passport? I look through my oh, bags, no. look through my backpack, my pocket, my jacket, everything. And I don't have it. And I realize I just left it on the plane. You're so your talk- own travel asshole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I'm trying to talk to people to get them to call the airplane. And I, uh, or like, you can't call the airplane, but call like San Francisco and say, don't put this through lost and found. Just send it back to Reno because the flight San Francisco to Reno goes every like every couple hours. It's just Did like one plane it? that goes back and forth. Did you? No, they the they weren't me? helpful at all. They said just <laughs> make a report online, you'll get it back. Um, so I go to this training camp in Mammoth, and then I think like a week and a half later, I still haven't heard anything about my lost passport. And you know they should have found it and like made a report that same day. Dun, dun, but ah. yeah, so I just have to like at that point I had to make the decision to like call the embassy in um in. San Francisco and say, Hey, I've lost my passport. I need to get like a travel document to get back into Canada. Mm-hmm. So I take the, I rent a car, drive to San Francisco. And for mammoth, it's about six hours park, go into my meeting, get all my travel documents sorted. No problem. I walk out and I see my car getting towed by, cause I parked in like a commercial loading zone or something. I like, <laughs> <laughs> I like had, it's like the worst of the worst. It just like kept getting worse, you know? So (laughs) moral of the story, don't cheap out on tickets. Yeah. Just like discount air. I think we covered that. Didn't we Mercedes? (laughs) Discount air with a giant, uh, discount air with a giant uh, snowboard bag. Mercedes Mercedes went off on that. It was a while. Yeah. Yeah. It was a while. Yeah. So I I, like two hours later, I figure out where my car's um, towed to. I go to the parking lot. I had to pay like a five hundred dollar fine. Oh, zing! And yeah, I know I'll, Derek, and I know he's pissed about that. Oh, I'm pissed. Yeah, um, <laughs> I had to pay a five hundred or five hundred dollar fine plus like a ticket plus like fees on the car for taking like toll roads and stuff. Like it just added up. It just like 
I spent more money trying to get my passport back than I did saving on all the cheap flights I took all season. This is like the best story for me because I've traveled with him for so long. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Are you so, so Brett? My are you are you are you sort of like um, uh, familiar with Derek's? The story here and travel like Mercedes is really getting a kick out of this. She knows this really well. well That's, I gotta say, Derek, what are you doing putting your freaking passport in the seat of the airplane? Like, come well, on, rookie. That's I like such a rookie. There, you know, your headphones, your phone, I, your water bottle. I just put everything back there, and then I just didn't pick up my passport for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just teasing you. But seriously, yeah. though, don't don't do that. That's what I'm for. <laughs> Life lessons with Mael. There you go. Yeah. yeah you think I start your own podcast, hey, man. Hard, hard not life. No, the, no, the, other, just... the other lesson is don't fly when you're sleep deprived. No. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I make that mistake a lot. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get on that, that six o'clock flight. And I'm like, I live in Whistler. It's two hours away. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Mercedes, when you don't go to bed till five, anyways. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well just book those flights. <laughs> Brett, you got any any funny stories uh, about travel? I have a good one. Like, yeah, I have a good one. There was a couple of years ago. Uh, so one of my last years racing, uh, it might have been the year after the Olympics. We were we had a downhill super G some events in Bansko, Bulgaria, and it was like the first World Cup they'd hosted there. So they chartered a, a plane from Munich to uh, I think we flew into Sofia and then we would bus to the event so on the Sunday our race is done we all get on we had to wait a while before we got on the buses so um, of course we had some time to kill and there was a bully you know it, so we you know the the kind of relaxing after the event a weekend of racing um, of horrible racing uh, we had a few drinks and um, got on the bus and uh, I would say the buses weren't alcohol free either. <laughs> so, but we saw this long, and we're like, okay, we'll just go to Sofia. And we got a short flight, a charter flight back to Munich. Easy. So we get to the airport, we unload all our stuff and we get on the plane. Um, everything's going fine. And we're, we're starting our descent to Munich. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden the plane starts to go back up into the air. And the uh, pilot, at this point it's about 11 at night. It's pretty late. And we're all feeling pretty tired and just want to land and we had about another hour and a half drive to get to our little the kind of our home base in in austria where we were for the winter so it was going to be a late night anyways but we were definitely uh, ready to get back so the plane takes uh, starts to go back up in the air because it's too foggy in munich to land so the plane reroutes at, and they can land in stuttgart so we go to stuttgart we land uh, we have to get a hotel for the night. So this is the whole, like the whole women's world cup circuit, you know, the downwind super G circuit is on this chartered plane. So we all file out of the airport in Stuttgart and we're just waiting to get, you know, to find out where we're going to stay. So we get rooms. We finally get into rooms at two in the morning. We get up the next day at, I think, you know, pretty early, uh, buses were leaving. So we couldn't get on a, <laughs> they weren't putting us on a flight back to Munich. We had to get on, um, buses to get bus back to Munich and our, all of our bags were going somewhere, you know, on a different bus. Uh, yeah, then we eventually made it, you know, back. How were you the, feeling? The next afternoon. Pretty horrible. Yeah. <laughs> pretty horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we were all feeling pretty horrible. Everyone was in the same, the same boat. We were all together in it. Uh, but yeah, like that was never... probably the most, like, that detour. <laughs> 
I honestly think you never learned that lesson of not flying hungover. No. You're like, oh, I'm never going to do it again. Never. And then you're like, oh, here we go again. Here I am again. Happening. <laughs> I'll do a lot so, yeah, of, just that whole event. Do a lot of Olympic uh, athlete stories start like that? I don't know if we're going to make our bus. I don't know if we're going to make our plane. Where you get your train. Yeah. I, I have missed a lot of flights. We've, t- we've covered that. And we did. We did cover that. In the, we did cover that. Yeah. What's next for everybody? What's happening uh, now that the COVID is uh, taking over everyone's life? But uh, as we move forward, obviously you're rehabbing the, the ankle. Uh, there's uh, Parenthood. Uh, Mercedes is opening an art studio. What's going on with everybody right now for the for, for the foreseeable future? As we, it seems to be, we locked down for about eighteen months. So tell me a story. What's going on there? Well, uh, I, I work for a painting company in the summer here in Whistler, so we're actually going to get started up in a couple of weeks. So that's going to be my saving grace because I don't know how much of this like isolation I could take. So at least that'll get me out of the house. I'll be working. I'll be doing something uh, other than just sitting on the couch scrolling through Netflix or through Instagram. So <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm actually pretty excited for that. I don't know what our like regulations are going to be in terms of like keeping our social distancing and whatnot. And, not interacting with the other workers and stuff, but we, everything we're doing is outside. So we can be on a job site and not see other people for like the whole day if we needed to. So keep your know. sanity working. Yeah. Should be nice. Yeah. Oh, look at that. So just mm-hmm. on a side note, zoom has removed our time restraint. <clears throat> Boom. There is some. Thanks COVID. There, there's, yeah, thanks COVID. Thanks. <laughs> It's the gift that keeps on giving to me anyways. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. For a, Brett, yeah. Brett, what are you what are you up to? Well, I'm going to, you know, try and see if I can homeschool my kids day by day. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just being here trying to get out and be active. It's it's uh, I'm trying to just, you know, every day shift my pers- perspective and and kind of embrace this little this slower pace and, you know, having this extra time with with my kids. Um and other than that, I run a you know home-based business, which uh, I'm really pretty grateful for, um, that I still have something actively to do and have that community to connect with. Uh, so that's great. And yeah, looking ahead, I miss, we had plans to go to, to go to Scotland where we have family at the end of the summer. And I'm just, that's probably not going to happen. So we're finding different ways to reach out and connect with them. And um, I'm certainly, you know, you get creative with how you're reaching out to people. And I've had a lot of zoom calls like this with friends. I just had a friend about her 40th and we all got on, on a zoom call and you know, it's not the same as being in person, but it was nonetheless really fun. So yeah, just looking, looking ahead, finding all these little different ways that we can stay connected and, uh, and stay active. I <laughs> I have a two-year-old. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm doing I'm doing some online schooling, I'm upgrading some of my coaching certification, and then as well as doing some leadership work, which is neat. And then yeah, we're sort of just creating plans A B C D E F G H I J all the way through the alphabet with the team, so that as as we get more freedom or less freedom or whatever we have, um, we have stuff in place so the athletes can still uh, thrive. <laughs> I, uh, I am curious. Um, we'll kind of wrap up here shortly because I know everyone's got parents and uh, Derek, you got to rehab that ankle and we got to get going. <laughs> but um, uh, 
as we move forward with the COVID and, and in all seriousness on the shutdown and what the athletes have had to go through and all the travel restrictions and things that are coming up, obviously we want uh, younger athletes to listen to this. We want people to kind of like still have some, uh, some, you know, to be positive and do the rest of it. Can we pass something on to some of the younger athletes that might be listening? Um, uh, through adversity and what you guys have had to kind of go through just in your own kind of journey that might help in this p- particular case as they look for towards the future and f- future, you know, Olympics and, and, and events and stuff like that. I am curious as to how you guys uh, would recommend uh, the, these people get through it, the kids especially. I can start. I can say um, now's the time to self-motivate. Uh, if you're not self-motivating, uh, you're probably kind of going to go through a, a deep, dark depression. Uh, it's kind of like you're like it's a forced retirement in a way right now for most athletes is how I feel. And, and it's not an easy time. So, yeah, um, self-motivate. Um, just try like Miles doing school. I'm like, oh, should I be doing school? Hmm. Like to learn from others and what they're doing and, and reach out to others. Derek, you're in it. I mean, you're still training and going. Yeah. Sure, you know. Well, I mean, I, Mercedes pretty pretty much nailed it right on the head. Like, look at what other people are doing. Take notes from them and ask them how they came to do, I don't know, whatever they're passionate about. So, Because, like, we're all athletes, but that's not only who you are. You know, you can find other things to keep you busy when you're not being an athlete. And not every – athlete can do that 24 seven, you know, all year long. Right. So, um, I have a lot of friends who have taken up art like Mercedes and some of my other friends from around Whistler have just started doodling on their iPad and taking photos that they have from snowboarding and then like putting their own little twist to it. Um, other people are learning guitar. Other people are taking school. You know, there's a lot you can do. Um, but yeah, just try and stay occupied, self-motivate, um, or reach out to others to help motivate you as well. Maybe take your phone away from yourself at least an hour a day. <laughs> While you're doing spin beside a sandbox. There you go. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Maya, what do you got for your, uh, your listeners here? I just, I, I mean, I, I kind of just want to steal a bunch of quotes that have been, <laughs> that I've heard. Like that I know Mercedes is, has had some of the speak, some of like amazing speakers like Mark Tewksbury and Marnie McBean that have done some talks. And there's, there's like these little gems that always stick with me. Like, uh, make sure that you're filling up your cup, you know, like make sure every day you're doing all the little, little things that, um, in the long term are going to like reach your long-term goal. So like every day, if it means like make a checklist or something like that, but really make sure that you're doing all the little things. Cause those are the things that consistently matter to make a bigger change. So I think that's super important. And then, Nobody ever said, even at the best of times, like nobody ever said like, woohoo, that was easy. Like it's never, it's, there's always, there's always going to be like obstacles to get over. So if you can just take this as one of the many obstacles, I think, uh, try and make the best out of it. So yeah, (laughs) there we go. Thanks, Marty. What do you think, Britt? Yeah, I think it's, uh, definitely all along the lines of what the others have said, you know, you got to focus on what you can control during these times and the things that you can control are um, the habits that you create and the tasks that you do daily. And like Mayel said, all those little things that will, well, you, that will get you closer to your, to the end goal, 
in the dream. But um, yeah, it's, it's the little things to do each day, those little motivating things. Maybe you have a couple of habits that you've wanted to improve on and change. And, you know, we've got the space and the time now to, to do that. Or maybe you want to try and develop a, a new skill or a new talent. And uh, it's a little bit like I was speaking to some young kids with the uh, Grouse Tai Club last weekend. And it's almost like you treat this as if you're an injured athlete. Like it's, it's in those spaces when you've been injured and you have, you're forced to step away from your sport. You learn more about uh, what motivates you as an, as an athlete, um, what's, what drives you, what, where your passion lies. And this, I think this is, you can really use this time to discover all those things and to learn, to learn about what's really going to, um, what, what's really motivating you to stick with it day, day to day. Amazing, I think that's the core of it. I, I think that's the core of it. And and the other side of it is all the great things usually in life happen when you say yes, you get some kind of answer or you get some kind of result. So hopefully people are saying yes more and doing things like this, like joining Mercedes and I. Yeah, I really, thank you. I really Thanks, appreciate guys. you guys coming on and helping us push this thing forward. We're having a lot of fun with it. And I'm sure you're getting lots of requests and having to balance us uh, into your schedule is uh, means a lot to both of us. So I really appreciate you guys joining us today on uh, the newest edition of the Travelcast. So uh, where can we all find you online? Tell us that and then we'll let you get out of here. Um, online, you can find me on Instagram at DK Livingston or on Facebook at Derek Livingston. Throw all my content up on there. Yeah, I'm uh, on Instagram. It's You can find me under Britt Janik. Uh, Yes, or you can look under my married name is uh, Tilston, so I'm under both, um, and same on Facebook. I'm I'm pretty active on both Instagram and Facebook. Mael, how active are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me uh, walking a big white furry dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a really white furry dog that's not very well trained, and a owner that's yelling after it. That's probably me. It's probably your best. <laughs> Best chance of finding. I, I I do have an Instagram account. It's at Mylerker. I don't post that often, but um, yeah. If you want to look me up or direct message me there, that's that's totally fine. <laughs> awesome. Amazing, Mercedes. Thanks for gathering uh, the troops together. Anything you want to add before we uh, let everybody go? No, just a huge thank you. I know you guys have a lot to do, even though um, we're in quarantine. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you all. Miss you. So good to thanks see your for faces. Having us. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, awesome guys. guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. <laughs>
almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.